I want to read you three consecutive scriptures that I believe point and teaches us about keys to living the big life. And there are key phrases that I'm going to pull out. The first one is in Romans chapter 12, three, four, and five. For by grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Verse four, just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not have all the same function. Verse uh, five is, is very important. So in Christ, in Christ, We who are many have one body and each member belongs to all the others. Each member belongs to all the others. Let me read you another scripture in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Verse 25, Hebrews 10. Let us not give up meeting together, together as some are in the habit of doing. Some are in the habit of not meeting together, not belonging. As some are in the habit of doing, it says, uh, but let us encourage one another and all the more as we see the day, the big day, Jesus return approaching. Now look at Galatians chapter six. I'll finish up with this last couple of verses. This is a great set of verses. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, Galatians chapter six, verse nine and 10. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest. If we do not give up verse 10, therefore, as we have an opportunity, let us do good to all the people, especially to those who belong to the family those who belong to the family of believers. I love those scriptures because it talks a lot about belonging and together and family. I look around at a world today and I constantly talk to people in our world today that feel fragmented and you see families that are fragmented. At times there are groups of people that are fragmented. All the while, while God has developed spiritual family to cure that whole longing for belonging. Because I believe in every single person, there is a longing for belonging. See, Gateway Church, God has called us to do life together in spiritual family. God has called us to do life together in, in covenant relationship. We were never meant to be on a deserted, a, a deserted island in, in our walk with God. We can't survive in the oceans of life fighting the time and the tests and the trials as driftwood. I see so often so many people that have chosen to be driftwood and just kind of drift from here to there, just kind of let life drift. Do you know what I've always found out about driftwood? That eventually that driftwood as a person will drown. God's not called us to drift. God's not called us to drown in the swamps and in the tides of the world. God has put and God has given us spiritual family. He's not, he's not created us. We were not made to, to kind of be a solo act. Now, if you think about it, if there's anyone that could have been a solo act, it could have been our savior. 
It's not as if he really needed the advice of other people. It's not as if he had to stop and say, guys, what are you thinking about? What do you, what do you feel about this situation? Can you help me? Jesus was, was God in the flesh. He was, he was the fullness of the Godhead. He was everything. He was perfect and he was all knowing and he was all powerful and, and, and he could take care of every situation. He never met a situation where he really felt like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. He always knew what to do, but it's interesting that the savior of the world chose to do life together. The savior of the world chose to put spiritual family around him. And if our savior did that, and if the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords needed people and wanted people and desired people and chose to do life in relationship context, how much more do we need spiritual family and do life with one another? You know, when I look at my life, I haven't made a lot of good decisions, but I've made three great decisions. First great decision I made was when I said yes to Jesus Christ, 1982, June the 21st. I said, I said yes to Jesus through outreach. Somebody was out doing a, a witnessing out on the streets and they, they reached me and I, I prayed a prayer uh, two weeks later off of a little gospel track and said yes to Christ. Best decision I ever made in my life was when I bowed my knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you, the second best decision was when I said yes to Delenn, my wife, when she proposed to be. Now, how many of those pastors, not, I'm not telling the truth right now. Dino's not telling the truth. I chased her and chased her and chased her. I fell in love with, before she fell in love with me. I loved her when she was liking me. How many of those, it's hard to say, I love you, and you get back, I like you. You don't want to do that. My brother, hold up if you're going to get, I like you, and you're going for, I love you. If you say, I love you, and she looks at you straight, just say something like, I love you with the love of the Lord, or just add something to it. But I loved her, and she was liking me, but finally she was convinced. I don't know what took her so long. I mean, just check it out. I'm Italian. What's up with that? I mean, what's wait, what are you waiting on? But then finally, uh, I, I proposed to her, and, and she, she played hard to get. She still plays hard to get. I mean, even this morning, she still thinks she's it on a stick. I mean, she's just like, you better, you better watch yourself, boy. I mean, she's just still that way. <laughs> Second best decision I ever made was, when, uh, was who I married. That is so important. It impacts everything. Who you decide to do life together in covenant. In marriage. And so that was the other decision. The best, greatest decision was, say, was, was proposing. Here's the third best decision I've ever made. And you know what? Everything after this third decision really has been impacted uh, in my life by those decisions. The third was, was when I decided to plant myself and get connected and committed in spiritual family in the context and perspective of the local church. Third best decision I ever made was when I decided to do life in the local church. Now, I was not raised in church. We were Baptist and Catholic, and we'd go to Baptist church on Christmas and Catholic church on Easter. And it was this just kind of what we did. We were not committed to a local church. We were what I called Kebabdist. We just did both. <laughs> but we didn't go to church. But, and so I didn't know anything about church much. So when I came to Christ at 18 years old, I found a church about three weeks after bowing my knee to Jesus. And I got connected to that thing. And it was different. It was a small church. It wasn't a lot of people. And, and it was kind of a different church. It was an odd church. It was a little awkward. It was different than what I was experiencing. I had long church. I mean, long church. We go three or four hours. 
And it was just a, a, you know, a handful of people in this room. We'd worship and sing for about an hour and a half. And, and when they get done singing, they'd take requests. Like, does anybody got a song? Like request line or something. People just throwing out songs. They'd start singing that song. Then the preacher would preach. He'd preach forever. He was a great man, a godly man. I thank God for him. But he couldn't find a runway if he was circling. He just couldn't land the plane. I was like, you know, mayday, mayday, mayday. Land the plane, please. He just went on and on and on and on. He was a good man. And it was kind of, a, you know, he just was hard, old school. But I got planted. I love that church. And God began to do, I mean, he'd preach long. And he, he'd preach. He was one of those guys, if you don't like it, you can leave. I mean, every Sunday, he'd have a line. Let me tell you something right now. If you don't like what God is doing, don't let the back door hit you in the backside. Glory to God. Somebody waiting on your seat right now. Why ain't they here? They're not here. There were like 30 of us here. Where, where are they? But I liked him. And in that context, in spiritual family, can I tell you? In spiritual family, it changed my life and continues to change my life out of the decision to be connected and committed to the house of God and to the local church. My life has been radically changed because of being planted in God's house. In every single way. I love the phrase in Psalm 68. It just says this in verse six. God sets the lonely in families. But once that happens, when you get set in spiritual family, everything changes. I want to talk about that a little bit. I want to break that down because I want to talk about what happens once you set yourself in family. Because I believe setting yourself in family and committing and connecting to the house of God Many of you have chosen to make this your church, your local church. And I believe there are many that are here. You're watching at a campus or you're in an overflow and you're kind of figuring out, you know, where, what, what is this thing about? And maybe you've come off a of summer and you've decided to get the kids back in church. You're kind of thinking about this year. I believe one of the greatest decisions you can make is to set yourself and commit and connect to the house of God and to this local church. Because there are some things that happen out of that. I'll give you five of them. Just make it real simple. Here's the first thing that happens when you set yourself in spiritual family, because I believe it's where you find a much larger life. The first one is this. It builds your belief. We live in a world that has a huge deficit of belief. People don't know what they believe. And we're raising up a next generation that needs to know what to believe and what to believe in. Sitting under messages and teaching and preaching and small groups and resources throughout all these 28 years of being plugged into the local church. It's helped me to learn what to believe and what not to believe. It's helped me to discern between truth and error and, and what's God's word and what's not God's word. And what is the Holy Spirit saying and what is the Holy Spirit not saying? It, it helps. And so a lot of times we have this deficit of belief in our life. Where do we learn how to, what to, what to believe? Where do, we, where do we gather what to believe? How do we build the foundation of our belief? We build it in the word of God and we get built it under the teaching of God's word. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. See, by being planted in the house of God and being connected to spiritual family, it has helped build my belief. What I believe today, I have learned in the house of God. And guess what? I'm going to be able to pass it on and I'm going to pass it on to the next generation. Here's the second thing that I want to give you as it relates to the benefits of being connected to the local church is this right here. It gives you a place to belong. 
He said, now, Dino, I can believe without belonging. Well, that would be just like, you know, kind of dating the church. And God doesn't want us to date the church. God wants us to belong in family. It'd be like saying, I want to play in the NBA, but I'm not going to join a team. Guess what? You're not going to play in the NBA. Or saying, you know what? I, I, I want to be, be in a marching band, but I'm not going to join the band. How many knows there's no role really for a solo tuba player? I mean, God bless the tuba players, but I'm not downloading any t- tuba solos on my iPod. Oh, that ain't happening. A tuba player belongs in a marching band. Guess what? Once you believe, the greatest thing you could do is set yourself in a house like this to belong because it gives you a sense of belonging. So I just want to float around. You know what I found out? That there's no fruitfulness in floating around. There's fruitfulness in our life when we plant ourselves in God's house with a sense of belonging. Here's the third thing I've learned about just, and, and, and really uh, what happens as a result of being a spiritual family is it helps you to become all that God wants you to be. It helps you to become all that God, right here at Gateway, you can learn how to become all that God wants you to be in this house, being connected at that campus where you can learn how to be a husband, where you can learn how to be a dad. I've learned how to be a husband while watching other men. I've learned how to be a dad by watching other dads in the house of God. I learned how to be a friend. I've learned how to be a brother. I've learned how to be a servant. I've learned, I'm, I'm trying to learn how to be a man of God. Because of seeing other victorious men and women and families, I believe by grace, I can be that because God wants to, be, to become a great husband and a, and a great father and a true friend and, and a legit, authentic, genuine servant. Where are we going to learn that? We're not going to learn it out there in this crazy world, but we learn it in God's house. We learn it with God's people. We learn it with God's family. If you want to be all that God wants you to be and you want everything that God has for you, then I encourage you, set yourself in spiritual family. Set yourself in the benefits and the blessings of the local church. Now, here's the fourth thing. Do you know, what I've, you know what's happened to me? And I believe this is a result of every single person who sets themselves, is it teaches you how to behave. Because there's some people in this room that at times you don't behave all right. Do you know what? I've not always behaved. Before I came to Christ, I had a little ego. No pride. What's up? Thought I was it. What you doing, man? A little arrogant. Always chin checking people. <laughs> I got in God's house. I never forget a Bible college professor looked at me and said, your pride is smelling up our chapel. <laughs> you talking to me? <laughs> like I have pride issue. I ain't got no pride. He was helping me to learn how to behave. That in God's kingdom, it's the humble. It's the broken that God blesses. I just had a little attitude. I'd lose my temper. You don't want to fight somebody. You know, a little cusser. 
I know nobody's ever struggled with that here at Gateway. Okay, you've all got halos and you're all in denial. But you know, I just had a little attitude like, man, what you talk? You don't want to fight some people. Man, get out of my face, man. And guess what? When you come to church, you can't do that. You can't act that way. I had to learn how to you know, be, say nice words and edify and not want to fight people and, you know, and learn a different language. God, I didn't, I, my, my, my language didn't always behave right. I, mean, I remember one time we were at a worship service in that little church. And we got so fired up. Everybody was yelling like, hallelujah, glory. And I didn't know what to yell. And I was just like, party, party. <laughs> Hold up on that, brother. We hadn't gone over that yet. Not, not here. We'll catch that in the next class. We don't yell party. I didn't know. How, and guess what? I'm still having to learn how to behave. I'm still learning how to be like Jesus. I still got some issues. Now my son played basketball this summer in some league. We never played in that kind of situation. And first couple games, we throw them on the ground, fouling them. But I got so fired up. What? What? Went to a game one night. They weren't calling nothing. He's knocking him over. He's the littlest kid on the, on the, he's 14 years old, the smallest kid on the court, running him over, not calling nothing. He's a point guard. He can handle the ball. They're just knocking him over. What? That's a foul. I mean, I got so fired up at the refs. I was like, and one time they made a bad call and everybody's yelling. I'm like, weak. That was weak. And everybody stops yelling. And Todd, I said it one more time. Weak, 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 weak. The whole gym. And my wife is like, you have got to calm down. We're like an hour away from, don't nobody know me here? Nobody know me here? I'm Dean, I'm a dad. Weak. I get done with the game. All of a sudden, I see the referee walking at me. Hey, pastor, it's good to see you. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen, amen. Where do you learn how to behave? You will learn by the grace and the truth of the Holy Spirit how to behave in God's house with God's people under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Can I have a good amen? amen? And then here's the last thing, and I'll finish with this. I really believe it is in God's family and one of the great results of being planted and being set in family is you will live the big life because together you are better. Together you are better. Where else can you partner with 75 ministries? You can't do that by yourself. In 23 countries, doing evangelism, discipleship, leadership, but you do it in this house. Digging wells, feeding the poor every day, providing shelter, taking care of children. You do it together in this house. Locally, reaching out to the Messianic community, providing a service. What a great outreach. Uh, Making a difference at local shelters for women and children and the elderly and the widows. 
giving out food for those that are hungry, visiting those that are in prison. Your life is bigger because you are in spiritual family, because together we are better. Look what we get to do together. Can't do that all by myself, but I can do it together. We can make a dent in the darkness in this community. We can make a difference to the lonely, to the poor, to the hurting, to those that are without, to those that are fighting addiction. We can make a difference in those lives that matter so much to God. Together we can make a dent in the darkness. Don't do life alone. Can I encourage you? Don't do life alone. Don't sing solo. Don't drift. Set yourself in God's family. Decide to do life in the pack with God's family. There's strength, protection, love, forgiveness, mercy, character in the pack with God's family. Now, everybody's seen this before. I have children, so we stay on two channels at my house on television. We stay on the Cooking Channel and the Animal Kingdom Channel, National Geographic, Animal Planet Channel. We're either watching cupcakes or hummingbirds. Because right now, we're all about cupcake wars. I mean, my whole life is cupcake wars. I mean, we're all about it right now. And so that's what we watch. We watch baking shows and cooking shows and, and we watch animals. And everybody has seen these shows on the animal uh, channel where you see this, it's the African Serengeti and somebody's narrating and it shows a pack of like wildebeest and they're all together in a tight pack because they survive in a pack and they're there together. Their strength, there's some old ones, there's some young ones, there's some wise ones, there's some fighters there's some ones who's got some discernment, some big ears and you know, ears twitching. There's some ones that can really smell real good. And there's just, there's just strength in the pack. There's knowledge and wisdom in the pack. There's family in the pack. Because how many knows that every single day uh, they are on the menu? I mean, they're on the menu for, of, the, of the prowlers. And in this, in this scene, you always sit, everybody knows that we've all watched it. They're together and there's always this group of lions that are kind of hanging out, yawning, just chilling, waiting. What are they waiting on? And it never, it, it, it always happens. Out of the pack, there's always one that doesn't want to do life in the pack. Because they're in the pack and they're there together just doing life. They're strong in the pack and they're just kind of, if God is for us, who can be again? One of them's a drummer, one of them's a guitar player. It's just amazing in the pack. So they're all there, but there's always one that says, I don't want to be in the pack. And he wanders off. You know, Luther, run, run, there's Luther. Luther, where are you going? I don't need you. I don't need you. You don't know my name. You don't like me. Don't talk to me. Luther, you need to come over here by the pack. There's strength in the pack. I don't need nobody to tell me what I know. And then the lions are like, I went straight by the pack. Y'all wake up. It's time for lunch. Get up, get up, get up. Why? Because the Bible says the enemy roams around like this roaring lion. It's the same, it's a spiritual principle when you watch a National G. You're seeing it right there. And he wanders off of the pack and he gets, you know, he gets caught up in the lilies. Oh, the lilies are so amazing. And then he gets a little ADD, a little distracted. There's a butterfly that runs by. Oh, I just love butterflies. Oh, I got it. And the, and the pack are like, oh, here we go again. We're getting ready to see Buffet, man. Fire it up right now. Fire up the grill. Why? Because he's gotten out of the pack. Come back over here, Luther. Luther, come back over here. Don't talk to me. I don't need that church. I don't need those people. I don't need you to talk to me. I don't need if God is for us. I'm going to do my own thing. And he's over here. All of a sudden, the line's like, <laughs> the creepy. Ooh, 
This is amazing. This is amazing. Laughing at one. This is great. This is great. They're creeping up. He's so distracted. Look at that butterfly. Oh my gosh. That cow looks like Santa Claus. I just love it. He's so distracted. And the lines are creeping up. Lines are creeping up. And he's just so distracted that out of nowhere, bow. Come on. How many have seen it? Work with me. You've seen it. And all of a sudden he's like, what happened? My hindquarters gone. It's like half of my body is over there. What's the pack doing? Told you so. They watch it for about a half a second. If God is for us, let's go back to singing. Don't do life alone. That's the moral of the story. Don't do life alone. Stay in spiritual family. Stay in relationship. You say, well, Dina, I've gotten hurt by church and I've gotten hurt by people. I've got a statement I say to our church all the time. Just because your mama burnt the biscuits once in the kitchen doesn't mean you don't go back into the kitchen. You go back into the kitchen. Just because you may have a bad taste in your mouth because of what someone did or what somebody didn't do doesn't mean that you don't come back to the table of God's blessing and God's goodness. Can I have a good amen? Let's all bow our heads and let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for your mercy and your grace. And we thank you for the forgiveness because it all begins with Jesus. How do we find a place at the table in the family of God? Through what Jesus Christ did for us. And I pray for every person here today that they will look to Jesus. Lord, help us to get our eyes off of people. Help us to get our eyes off what happened yesterday. Lord, I pray right now for Psalm 68 that you will set the lonely in family. All over this room in one moment, uh, Pastor Todd's gonna come pray for you. We're gonna have altar ministers here. They're gonna be able to, gonna pray for you. But I, I wanna pray for every person today you are fighting loneliness or you are drifting. You're drifting. I don't know why you're drifting, but you're drifting. You've, you've, you've gotten out of the pack of God's family and you feel alone. I want to encourage you today through the grace and mercy of God's truth, run back to the open arms of Jesus Christ. He loves you. He cares about you. Lord, I pray for every person right now who feels drifted. Maybe they're in this house. But Lord, maybe because of doubt and unbelief or whatever it is. Maybe because this is something somebody did. Lord, we've kind of drifted a little bit. We've pulled back a little bit. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that there would not be a pulling away. There'd be a running to this morning. To the arms of love. To the arms of grace. To the arms of forgiveness. To the arms of family. I pray that you set the lonely and those that are drifting in family today, at every campus, in the overflow, in this house, Father, as we minister and we pray, we believe that that's going to happen today.